The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. The INMO has been calling for all non-urgent elective procedures to be cancelled with over 400 patients waiting for a bed uh, who are already admitted to hospitals but still not uh, between the sheets in a ward. However, there is a hidden cost of hospital overcrowding and cancellation of procedures with many patients having crucial treatments being delayed while surgeons may be left with time on their hands. Now, Joining me to explain the effects of overcrowding is Dr Paul O'Connor, consultant anaesthesiologist and former clinical director at Letterkenny Hospital. Paul, good morning. Uh, good morning, Pat. Now, the emergency crisis, so-called, uh, you maintain it's not a crisis because a crisis, by definition, is something that happens suddenly and for a short time. Well, that's a very good point, Pat. Um, this uh, crisis has been developing for the past 10 years and People have spoken about it repeatedly and uh, written letters to uh, various members of the HSC and indeed the minister. And, um, you know, from year to year, the crisis is just getting worse. So uh, I don't think the word crisis describes it very, uh, very well. You might have a patient who is critically ill or you might have a patient who's chronically ill. And uh, in terms of the trolleys, we're at the chronic stage. Um, very much so. And, and, you can argue that some of this is the result of, you know, a change in policy at the level of the department and the HSE around about 10 years ago when, when it was decided to displace as much care into the community as possible, which in principle, of course, is a very good thing. But if it means that the supply of inpatient beds fails to keep pace with demand, then, you know, you've got the makings of a crisis. And I think the data from the OECD would suggest that the deficit in inpatient beds in this country uh, could be as high as 5,000. And locally, you know, we're short anywhere from 100 to 150 beds. Now, the, the problem is uh, when you have a lot of people on trolleys, the first reaction is we've got to find the beds somewhere. Let's cancel elective surgery. Yeah, and uh, that is the sort of go-to um, solution which, which we have been practicing for, for, uh, uh, for quite some time. Um, the problem is it's a very short-sighted solution. Um, and I suppose, the, you know, the first thing I'd like to say is that the term elective surgery is really a misnomer uh, because it, it, it implies, uh, it, it doesn't convey the urgency of the surgery and most of our scheduled surgery is in fact quite urgent. Yeah. Um, and what's been happening uh, really is that uh, list cancellations uh, is becoming a routine. I mean, it's not as if every procedure that's elective is a facelift where you can wait another month. Um, a lot of the time, it is a condition that should be rectified early, lest complications occur. Yeah, I mean, we don't do facelifts in, in the public uh, hospital where I work, that's for sure. Um, examples of, of uh, situations where, where the underlying condition just gets worse and worse, uh, you know, uh, there, there, there are many of them. I suppose the most obvious example is cancer surgery. But not just cancer, you know, there are a lot of other conditions where if the patient is cancelled repeatedly, that the underlying surgical condition just deteriorates uh, potentially to the point where the patient then uh, presents for emergency surgery. And you know, the outcomes of uh, delayed surgery and, and emergency surgery are frequently uh, less good as a result. It's also, I suppose, a bit dismissive of the patient in the sense that a patient needs this uh, surgery done 
uh, if they don't have it done, perhaps they've got to linger in pain for weeks or months before it's finally achieved. Absolutely. Um, it doesn't take into account the, 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 the suffering of these patients. Um, also, the effect of, of being repeatedly cancelled. Um, many of our hospitals, including Letterkenny, have a policy where, where, which is called fast and phone. And so that means that the patient is teed up for surgery and they fast for a period of time and then they phone in the morning of surgery and they're told, we're sorry, there's no bed. And this can actually happen repeatedly. So um, to describe that as demoralising for patients is probably an understatement. Now, every surgeon and every surgical team will have a list. Um, So they're highly skilled people at all levels in the theatre and suddenly the list is cancelled because it's a a so-called elective list. What do people do with their time? Well, frequently instead of running a single emergency list, uh, in that situation we'll double up and we'll run two emergency lists and on occasions we've ran as many as three. So um, that's the first thing. People are, are um, you know, rerouted uh, into uh, uh, other theatres uh, performing uh, urgent and emergency care. Um, but I suppose we don't always define ourselves purely in terms of the work that we do in theatres. So, you know, we work in outpatients, uh, we have administrative duties, and we also have duties to our trainees in terms of providing education and training. So some of these uh, other responsibilities, uh, are, will, can, you can take up the slack in those ways. But still, there will be times when a surgeon or an anesthesiologist or a theatre sister will, you know, be idle because of the trolley crisis. That's true to a degree, um, but you know, in periods like the month of January when the trolley crisis is at its most severe, there's also quite a lot of sickness in staff who are out with respiratory illnesses and so forth, so you may actually find that you're dealing with a lower baseline of, of staffing numbers. Now, the Great Panacea was to be the National Treatment Purchase Fund. Um, that must be doing some of the heavy lifting. Uh, it's very much a double-edged sword, I think, um, insofar as if you're young, fit and healthy, um, certainly um, the you know, outsourcing of, of patients to the private sector works quite well. Um, if you're old and generally unwell and quite frail, then you know, private hospitals don't want to take you uh, under an NTPF contract. Um, and... You know, the public hospitals then are left with a sort of a sicker uh, complement of, of patients. And so we, we rarely, if ever, get to operate on, you know, what we would call healthy patients. Yeah. I mean, the idea but, there is the private hospitals don't want, uh, when the stats are reproduced, how many patients they may have lost. It's not even that, but it's uh, probably a question of hospital length of stay. So, you know, if you're having a total hip replacement in a private hospital and you go home after two days, well, that's great. But, you know, if you spend a week in hospital, then they're losing money. Yeah. What is morale like on foot of this trolley crisis? Well, you know, I work with a great team um, in theatre between my colleagues in in the Department of Anesthesia, my surgical colleagues and and theatre nurses and healthcare attendants and so forth. And, you know, I, I've seen this situation deteriorate over the years and, and really uh, morale is at an all-time low. 
at an all-time low. Well, um, there never seems to be a solution to the ills of the HSE, whatever about the ills of the patient. Uh, Dr. Paul O'Connor, consultant anesthesiologist and former clinical director at Letterkenny Hospital, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.